Today we celebrate our 94th birthday. So happy birthday again, everyone. I know we have... You can do better than that. It's my birthday too, so... (laughs) Happy birthday. There we go. That's better. Now, I know we have some people who are at or around that 94 age. I should not look at the back wall, just so I'm not looking at anyone in particular. And uh, some people are doing very well for being in their early 90s, which is great. And I think that collectively we're doing pretty well for a church that's in their early 90s too, which is really good. On our anniversary every year, I think it's really important that we revisit the story of how we became a church in the first place, Uh, because it's good for those of us who've been around for a while to remember that, but it's also really, really important because there are people who haven't ever heard that story before. For us as a church, we were actually a church plant that came out of Mile End Church of Christ. So Mile End, just down the road, was uh, thriving and doing very well as a church, but there was a group of people who felt like This area, which now doesn't seem that far away, but back in 1924 was a significant couple of suburbs over, felt like it could have a good Church of Christ presence in it as well. A church that would be able to service this area and the neighbourhoods that are around it. And so we had this incredible group of people who had a vision to connect with and reach this neighbourhood and this area. And so they started meeting together as a small group in March of 1924 They pulled their resources and together financially were able to build a building on this plot of land and on October the 4th, 1924, which is why we choose the first Sunday of October, they had their first service here. Now it might surprise you to know that there were 35 people who did that, just 35 people, which is less than half the number of people that we've got as a church now. And I'm always very, very inspired to recognise that a group of 35 people who have enough passion and enough vision and enough energy could start a church out of nothing that now 94 years later is still in existence. And we have this awesome facility and this amazing legacy that we get to inherit because of it. Over the last 94 years then, we've had this long history of engaging with and serving the community around us. We've had a whole bunch of different initiatives that have made a huge difference, whether that's playgroups, whether that is kids' ministries, youth groups, craft groups, very long legacy of sporting groups, whether that's basketball, netball, tennis. Thousands and thousands of people's lives have been touched because of the things that we have done together as a church. And then last year partly because I was new, partly because that was the season that we were in as a church, we decided that we would go back to the drawing board and that we would ask some questions to be able to say, well, who are we really as a church? Where have we come from? Why are we here? And when have we been at our best? And so we took some time as a church to be able to have some workshops together and it was a real privilege for me to be able to sit with you and to be able to hear those stories about when we have been at our best as a church. We spent some time sharing together, we spent some time praying together, and one of the key themes that we talked about that came out of that is that we've been at our best as a church whenever we've been looking outside of ourselves. Whenever we've had a vision as a church that's about more than just us as a church, that's when we seem to have thrived, that's when we seem to have flourished together. Throughout that process, we also then were able to come up with these three statements that we felt like really represented well who we are. And what's interesting is that I went back and I had a look at my message from last year's anniversary service, partly to make sure I didn't say the same things, but also just to check where we were at in that process. And at this time last year, these three statements 
did not actually exist in the format that they're in now. And so particularly for those of us who are on the board and those of us who've been a bit more involved in some of the things that we've been doing this year, these statements have very much come to define who we are and help us to focus in the direction that we're going. But this time last year, they didn't exist. So we said there are three things that are most important about who we are as a church. We said that... Nope, that's a song. That's not it. (laughs) We said that we are Jesus-centred, that we're spiritual family and that we're passionate about seeing lives change. We're Jesus-centred, we're spiritual family, we're passionate about seeing lives change. Those are the three things that really define the essence of who we are and who we want to be. We're Jesus-centred. At the end of the day, we always want to come back to Jesus, to his life, his teaching, his death and his resurrection and take our cues from that. In particular, from a theological perspective, we try not to get too fussed about different theological sides of arguments that can happen at times. At the end of the day, we want to just come back to Jesus and to focus on what he said and then to be able to live out of that, to recognise that Jesus is ultimately the one who holds us together. Jesus is the one who unites us and that's why we gather around the communion table every single week. We also said that we are spiritual family, that when we're at our best, we're functioning like a healthy spiritual family. And all of us, even if we come from some level of dysfunction in our family, which is probably true for every single one of us, if we're honest, all of us know what healthy family is supposed to be. Healthy family should be that place where you can be yourself. You know that you don't have to put on an act. You don't have to try and impress people. You're accepted and embraced just because you're a part of the family. But you're also challenged and encouraged to become the best version of who you have been created to be, to be able to continue to grow and to continue to develop. In a healthy spiritual family, you come together in the good times to celebrate. You get together in the difficult times to be able to cry and mourn and grieve together. And in a healthy spiritual family, we have the opportunity to work through stuff when we need to. We don't brush things under the carpet. We don't just pretend everything's fine. We talk about things if we need to so that we can move forward together with that healthy sense of being family together. And we're passionate about seeing lives change. We believe that all of us are created in God's image. And ultimately, that's what we want to do is to help people to discover that image that's planted in them and to grow into the people that we were created to be. And so whatever we're doing as a church, we want people to be discovering that and experiencing the transformation that can only come through Jesus. So the passage that we've looked at throughout today's service from Ephesians chapter 4 is a great summary of what that looks like. So I'm going to read that again, and then we'll see how that fits in with what we're talking about. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. It was Jesus who gave gifts to the people. He appointed some to be apostles, others to be prophets, others to be evangelists, others to be pastors and teachers. He did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ. And so we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God. We shall become mature people, reaching to the very height of Christ's stature. Then we shall no longer be children carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of teaching or of deceitful people who lead others into error by the tricks that they invent. Instead, by speaking the truth in a spirit of love, we must grow up in every way to Christ, who is the head. Under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it's provided. So when each separate part works as it should, The whole body grows and builds itself up through love. 
So we can see those same themes being weaved through this beautiful passage of Scripture. And this is honestly one of my favourite pictures that Paul gives us of what the church is supposed to be all about. Ultimately, we're here to centre on Jesus. Jesus is our head. He's the one who gives us direction. He's the one who gives us focus. He's the leader of our church. He's the one who shapes us. And he's the one who we uh, follow in order to move forward together. But we're here to be spiritual family, to work together, to recognise the different gifts that we've got and to be able to use those as we work together. A place where we find our place, a place where we find our sense of identity, where we're accepted as we are, and as I said earlier, where we're united through Jesus, but also a place where we speak the truth in love, where we challenge each other so that we can be the best that we can be. And ultimately, we do all of those things. The church exists ultimately to be able to see lives change. We're here so that we can grow, develop, mature. Ultimately, Paul says, to actually become like Jesus. That's what's baked into all of us, and that's the purpose of the church, is that we work together so that everyone can discover the maturity and the fullness of Jesus in their lives. So those are the three statements that we've said define us as a church, Jesus-centred, spiritual family, seeing lives change. But they're fairly generic, general statements that don't give us a lot of clarity about how to move forward. And so through this year, we've tried to zoom in and say, what during this season are the key things that we can focus on with each of those statements so that we can move forward into what God's got for us? And so as a board together, these are the goals that we discerned for this year. For being Jesus-centred, we said that we want to help people take their next steps in their walk with Jesus. Ultimately, that's the goal that we're focused on as we're being Jesus-centred, is to say, how do we help everyone who's connected with our community in any way to be able to take their next step in their walk with Jesus? And so we've spent quite a bit of time talking about how we develop clear pathways to make it as easy as possible for people to take those next steps in their journey couple of things in particular that we focused on this year. We created these DNA lunches as an opportunity for new people to discover the essence of who we are, the movement that we're a part of, our history as a church, and what it means to be a part of Brooklyn Park here together. Again, creating a pathway for people who are interested to find out more about getting involved. We've also spent a fair bit of time, particularly over the last couple of months, talking about how we make it easier for people to get involved in the things that we're doing. And so today is the first day where we've created these serve teams, an opportunity for us to focus on our passions and our gifts, and then to be able to throw those things into the mix of what we're doing together as a church. How do we create clear pathways for people to be able to say, I want to get involved here at Brooklyn Park Okay, well, here's the logical next step for you in that. We've also spent time focusing on how all of the different things that we do together give people an opportunity to take those next steps in their walk with Jesus. So how are our services and the times that we spend together helping people with that? How are our small groups, as we have the opportunity to discuss the things that we're talking about in our services, how are they helping people take those next steps? In our kids' ministry with God's Gang, we've reworked our curriculum to say how do we help our kids take their next steps in their walk with Jesus, and the same with our Wednesday night youth group. 
One of the things that we're now considering that we're potentially going to pilot as we head into term four and certainly hoping to be able to do as we head into next year is to say, what does it look like for us to create a midweek program that happens on Wednesday nights, which is for kids and youth and adults? And so the idea we're tossing around at the moment is to say, if we get together at six o'clock for a shared meal, and so whoever wants to come to that can come along, and then at 6.30, we'll break off into different groups. And so the youth will go upstairs as they currently do on Wednesday nights and have their program. We'll run a kids program in the hall that involves some craft and some games and songs and story and an opportunity for them to be able to grow. And then the adults will be in another part of the building, potentially in here, uh, having small groups as well. And those small groups could be targeted to help people take their next steps too. So we're thinking about, particularly as we connect with the parents of youth, students uh, who are from non-church backgrounds, how do we help them take their next steps? The people who are part of their Sparkling Diamonds Netball Club, how do we help them take their next steps? Would it be helpful to have a discussion group that talks about relationships, talks about parenting, talks about meaning? and purpose and what it looks like to search for those things as kind of an entry-level way for people to take those next steps. We're then thinking about what it would look like to have another group that's focused on spirituality and so discovering who Jesus is and what the Bible's all about and what it looks like to put your trust in Jesus and uh, what we're on about as a church. And then potentially another stream of small group which is similar to what our other small groups are where we're unpacking what we're talking about together in our teaching. So that's the long-term vision that we'd love to be able to see. The question is how do we get from here to there? But that's something that we're exploring as we say how do we help people to take those next steps in their walk with Jesus because we want that to be a focus for us. As we think about spiritual family then, the key goal that we set for ourselves was simply to grow as a spiritual family. And we talked about that from two different perspectives. First of all, we said that we want to grow in the sense of connectedness as a spiritual family, but we also said we want to be able to grow in size as a spiritual family too. So in terms of the connectedness part of it, we released a new directory earlier in the year for the first time in a while so that we've got each other's details. And uh, between now and the end of the year, the plan is to do another directory update around that. We got ourselves a new database so that we can more easily manage people's information and people's details. And there's a ton of functionality in there that we haven't even started using yet that will enable us to be able to be even more connected than we've ever been before. We've also, throughout this year, seen different times where people have needed support in all sorts of different ways. And it's been so great to see our community rally around people, particularly in difficult times, and to be able to be spiritual family together, to serve and help each other. So that sense of connectedness is happening, and we want to continue to invest in that. But we've also seen ourselves grow, and so it's really, really exciting to be able to say that our attendance this year is uh, on average about 10% above what it was last year, which is pretty amazing. Even more than that is that over the last couple of months, so through August and September, our attendance has actually been about 20% above where it was last year, which is really, really incredible. So we're excited to see this sense of new people joining our community, of families joining our community, people getting connected with us and uh, being a part of what we're doing together. Our third goal then is attached to being passionate about seeing lives change. And so the question that we've asked ourselves is how can we make the greatest difference in our community? 
And so if you think back to the start of the year, we had Raphael with us, who was a social work student who did this amazing research project for us to be able to help us to better understand the community in which we're placed, the demographics, types of people that are around us, and there's a ton of stuff that we've learned from that. We also, out of that, formed a whole bunch of community connections. So there are now some children's centres that we're forming really good partnerships with. Uh, We're also getting more and more connected with the Australian Refugee Association across the street uh, and some other organisations as well. We're seeing this sense of common heart and partnership about what does it look like for us to make a difference in the community in which we're based. And then we already run all of these amazing programs throughout the week where people connect with us. Our playgroup that happens on Tuesdays, our food distribution that also happens on Tuesdays, our men's shed that's on Tuesdays and Fridays, Sparkling Diamonds Netball Club, where we have over 100 girls that are connected with our community together. We have all of these awesome connections. And so the conversations that we're having are how do we continue to leverage those relationships that we've already got. How can we make the greatest difference in the community that we've got? So those are a few things that have been going on this year. And as I've I've taken the time through this last week in particular to pause and to reflect back on where we've come from through these last nine or ten months, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible to think about what God has been doing in and through the life of our community as we focused in on those three areas. But what's even more exciting is that I don't think that God's finished with us yet. I don't think he's going to say, well, that was pretty good. You had a good run. That's all. We're all done. Thank you. Pack up and head home. My sense is that God has a lot more for us and that he has built this incredible platform for us to now be able to move forward into the next 12 months and beyond into what he's got for us. So a couple of things, and we're just starting our process as a board of talking about what next year looks like. But one of the key things that we're talking about is simply how we leverage those connections that we've got. Our sense is that we don't want to start a whole bunch of extra programs. We really don't need any more programs to run as a church. What we need to do is be more intentional than we ever have been about connecting with all of these people that are already using our building around our space in our community and saying, how do we help them? to find those next steps in their walk with Jesus, find their way into a sense of being a part of our spiritual family and all the good things that come out of that and experience that transformation in their lives. So one of the things that I thought might be helpful then as we do move into some of that and as we continue to talk about it, our board had a half-day planning session uh, back in August and as a part of that, we asked the question, where do we want to be? a couple of years from now? What are the pictures that we've got of where our church is going to go and where we're going to be? And so I thought it would be helpful for me to share something that I shared with the board, which is some of the pictures that I've got about where we're going as a church. And honestly, this is far more about the sort of church that I want to be a part of than it is even about the sort of church that I want to lead or that I want to work in. This is the sort of church that I want to give myself to, that I want my family to be a part of, not so much just about what I want to be excited about leading us into together. So these are a few snapshots, and none of this is concrete stuff about exactly what's going to happen, but more about the sort of feel of the sort of community that I sense that God wants us to be more and more focused on being together. So here's a few thoughts. I would love us to be a church where we have this amazing sense of energy, 
when we're gathered together, whether that's on a Sunday, whether that's in our small groups, whether that's in the other programs that we have. There's just this sense of expectation that we've got when we gather together about how great it is to see each other and this sense of expectation about what God is about to do in the midst of us, recognising that we come together for a purpose and so we're excited about what God's going to do during that time when we're together. A sense where people are participating enthusiastically and passionately in all of the different things that we're doing as a church community when we are gathered together. This amazing buzz before and after our times together, which if you come early and if you hang around afterwards is often a part of our gatherings. Just this sense where we're thrilled to be able to be together. A thriving small group ministry where we've got the opportunity to be in these smaller spiritual families. A place where we have the opportunity to get to know each other at a much deeper level than we can do when we're just gathered together on a Sunday. A place where we can really deeply care for each other and support each other, but a place where we can also challenge each other about what it looks like to continue to grow. Where we see these amazing stories of life change that are coming out of our group times together. I'd love to be a part of a church where people love the opportunity to serve as a part of a team. A place where we can sense that God's given me some passions and God's given me some things that I'm good at. And so this is where I want to get involved. I want to throw myself into it. I want to be in a place where I can make a difference. Where I can do something that I know I'm being equipped and trained to be able to do to the best of my ability so that it can have the greatest impact possible. I want to be a part of a church that has a thriving kids and youth ministry where parents love what's happening to their kids as they come out of kids programs and youth programs. A place where kids love going to it. A place where kids, and this already happens a little bit, drag their parents to the things that we're doing because they don't want to miss being in God's gang or being in the upper room, our youth ministry place where kids bring their friends along because they love what's happening so much about what's going on, a place where kids understand they have leaders who love them and are passionate about them and want the best for them. I want to be a part of a church where there's a wide leadership load where it's not on any one or two or three people to be the ones who drive us forward, but where all of us can have a sense of that leadership and influence load together. But particularly where some people say, I've got a real passion and a real heart for this area. And so I want to throw myself fully into that and take responsibility to say, what does it look like for us to be able to focus on being Jesus-centered spiritual family who are seeing lives change in this area, whether that's kids ministry, youth ministry, music, hospitality, all of the different things that we do together. I want to continue to see young people who are released into all the key roles across our church, not just the stuff that we do up front, but the things that are happening behind the scenes, young people who are involved in the governance of our church, and I know that's the heart of our board as well. There is this simple passion and excitement that young people have, I remember having it at one point, some of you say I've still got too much of it now. <laughs> so, but young people bring this passion and this energy and this excitement into everything that they do. And so we want to release them to give them more and more opportunities to be able to do that. And as I said earlier in the service, place where they see this is their church, not someone else's church, not their parents' church, not that church that I sort of go to because I get told to go there, but my church, even while I'm a kid and a young adult. I want to see our building continue to be used throughout the week as a community hub where people from the community see this as their space, 
the place where they can come in and they can engage and see things happening, where they can be a part of community transformation happening, even if they wouldn't yet use the language that we would use about that being about Jesus, but a place where they recognise this place is used to transform the community around us. A place where we've got a significant amount of community connections that we can lean into. We've already outlined a number of those connections, but being able to say, how do we leverage these golden opportunities that God's given us to be able to connect with people who would probably never just show up at a church on a Sunday morning? And yet we have this amazing opportunity right now to build relationships with them and to meet them where they're at. So how do we continue to leverage those? I want to be a part of a church where we're seeing new people regularly join the core of who we are. People who go on that journey of discovering what we're about as a church and say, yes, this is a church that I want to be a part of too. I love what you guys are doing. And I absolutely want to throw myself into the mix with that. Within that specifically, people who are discovering Jesus for the first time. People who are becoming awake spiritually to the reality of what God's been doing in their lives and making a decision to orient their lives around Jesus and ultimately then showing that through the waters of baptism as we had happen last week. I want to hear stories of people taking what we're talking about here in our times together and seeing that be implemented throughout the week. It's not just what we do while we're together, but how does this impact the way that I work, the way that I parent, the way that I connect with my neighbours, the way that I serve in the volunteer organisations that I'm a part of? How do we take the things that we're doing here and say... God really wants me to take this and apply this into all the different contexts in which I get to move. Mobilising ourselves to be able to make a difference in the community, so being able to serve local schools, being able to serve the council, being known in the community as a church that cares passionately about this neighbourhood and wants to make a difference here. I want to be a part of a church where we have very clear goals that are laid out, where we know the path that we're on, simply so that we can not get distracted with a whole bunch of other things, but focus on what God wants us to do during this season and leverage that to the best of our abilities. And partly because as we have clear goals, we then have the opportunity to celebrate when we see those things become a reality as we're able to do today. I want to be a part of a church that's financially strong. And it is so encouraging, honestly, to see the generosity that we've got as a church. Not just in the initiatives that we do, like Safe Water September, but the week-in, week-out commitment that we've got together to commit to the work that God wants to do in us and through us as a church. So thank you for your generosity to all of the work that we're doing. But how do we continue to help people to see an opportunity to be a part of what we're doing together and to give into the work that God wants to do through us so that we can do all the things that we want to do and then some and continue to be a community that's generous, especially to those who are in need. So as I said, that's just a bit of a snapshot of the sort of church that I want to be a part of. It's not just the sort of church that I want to lead or be in a paid role in. That's the sort of church that I want to give my life to, that I want to be passionately engaged in and involved in. And so my hope and my prayer is that together we can continue to catch that vision of what it is that God's got and that all of us in our own ways can articulate what sort of church we want to be a part of so that we can continue to move into that in the days and weeks ahead. 
I simply want us to be the sort of church that honours God and makes him look really, really good, that centres on Jesus, that deeply cares for, supports and loves one another and then sees people's lives changed within our church community but even more than that in the community around us. So today as we celebrate our 94th birthday, I am unbelievably grateful for this awesome legacy that we have inherited. And some of you have been a part of giving us that legacy. And so I want to say a big thank you for all of the time, the energy, the finances that you have given that have enabled us to be able to get to where we are today. We stand on the shoulders of those who've come before us. And we should be very grateful for what we have been given but we also have this unbelievable opportunity as we move forward towards our 95th birthday to say what else does God want to do in us and through us. So today as we wrap up our service, I intentionally wanted to be able to gather around the communion table because at the end of the day, this is what holds us together. And all of those words are hopefully helpful and inspiring and exciting But at the end of the day, this is why we gather together. And as I was reflecting on this this week, it suddenly hit me that every week for 94 years, people on this block of land and all the different iterations of what our building has looked like have paused and stopped and taken these simple elements, bread and juice, to be able to be reminded that this, at the end of the day, is all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about what Jesus has done for us. A place where week in, week out, we've been able to stop and to meet with Jesus. And then as I started to think about all of the realities of what's happened through 94 years of people gathering around this table, I started to think about all of the times when people have gathered at this table where they've been struggling. All those weeks where people have shown up with no sense of hope maybe just clinging on to a little tiny bit and have been able to meet with Jesus together. All of those moments where we've been in dark times, we've then been able to be gathered together and reminded that there is still hope. All of those times when we've been able to gather together and recognise the things that we can celebrate, baptisms, people getting married, people having kids, these amazing times together of family where we can celebrate things around the communion table. And they're not just for us as a church, but thinking about all the different seasons that we've been through together in our culture, the times when we've gathered together, and in particular I thought back to the times during the war when we gathered together around the communion table, the world crashing around us, but us being able to come back here and be reminded about Jesus. So many other seasons that we've been through where it seems like the world is going to end but also other times where we've had amazing things to celebrate in the life of our city, in the life of our country, in the life of our world. And each week we've been able to gather together and to be reminded of Jesus. And so it's a real privilege for us today to be able to pause and to gather around this table again. And the image that I had is the image of a family table in a home where you just kind of have a sped up version of what that looks like, like a time lapse, just people coming and going all around the table. But over and over, this is what's consistent. And so today we now get to come, however we're feeling, whatever's going on for us, to be reminded again that Jesus is the one ultimately who holds us together. Jesus is the one who unites us. Jesus is the one who gives us a sense of hope 
Jesus is the one who gives us a sense of purpose. So I invite our kids forward. We're going to come and help serve communion, and I'll pray. Come over this side, Josh. Let's pray. Jesus, it is humbling to gather at your table, to be able to pause and to stop and to recognise that you're the one who invites us again to be able to come and to meet with you, to remember you, to remember what you've done for us, to remember your life, your teaching, your death, your resurrection, and all of the things that come with that. The sense of identity that we have, the sense that we're accepted into your family because of what you've done. That sense of hope that we have, that sense of purpose that you give us. We're so grateful that we can gather here again today. And so as we take the bread, as we take the juice, I ask that you would help us to know that you're here with us and that you would give us a sense of hope and purpose, not just about what's come before us, but about what's ahead of us. In your name we pray. Amen. As you take the bread today, my encouragement is for you to do two things. Tear off a piece of bread and then pause and say thank you. Say thank you to Jesus for the way in which he has been so faithful to us as a church through the last 94 years of our life. But then also to be able to say, help me to know the part that I've got to play in moving us forward. Because every single one of us have a role to play in where God wants us to go. Whether that's something that's overt and obvious, whether that's something that's quiet and behind the scenes, whether you're one of those amazing faithful people who we know prays on a daily basis for us, but nobody else ever knows that that happens, or whether you're in a really obvious role, it doesn't matter. Every single one of us have something to contribute. And so as you take the bread, say thank you, but then say, God, help me to know what it is that you want me to do as we move forward together and help this to be what I need to be able to have what you need in my life to move forward. So as the bread comes, as I said, tear off a piece, say thank you, and then ask God to help you move forward. And our practice together is to hold the cup until everyone has been served and then to drink together. And this is to symbolically remind us that this isn't just about each of us having an individual journey and relationship with God. This is about Jesus uniting us together, about us being spiritual family, but Jesus being the one who brings us together through his sacrifice for us. So as you're served, please hold on to the cup and then we'll drink together.